pain in their knees? If you do, can you put up your hand? Put up your hand just a little higher. So Barbara, Hyacinth. Okay, can you just stretch your hand towards them right now? I believe that the Lord wants to strengthen your body, to strengthen not just your knees, but your back. He said he's just bringing an alignment, an alignment. It's not your knees so much, but it's the pressure that's being put on them from a wrong alignment. And so we just bless you right now. We bless that part of you that receives from God. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just nurture your daughters this morning. We speak to those uh, areas of pain and inflammation, and we bless you to be strengthened in your frame. In Jesus' name, whoa. If you begin to feel better, just tell someone. Give testimony to, to God's goodness. We serve a God who absolutely loves to get his hands on us. And that's pretty comforting, that he doesn't um, take pleasure in us walking through difficulties, but he does reveal himself in the middle of it. So I just challenge you this morning, look for his goodness. Whatever you're dealing with, he is wanting to intervene and show you his goodness this morning. There, it can be financial, emotional, mental, I really believe he wants to straighten things out for us. It's his heart. He's so compassionate. And so, uh, Lord, will you just undo some of the thinking that we have that keeps us from receiving this morning? I wrote down this quote I heard this week by a person named Lecrae. And the quote is, the less time you spend with the truth, the easier it is to believe lies. We're going to um, read John 15 this morning. Thank you guys at the back for putting that up. So just stay in touch with, with um, the scriptures as we read them. I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to unpack some of this for us this morning. All week long, I kept hearing this song from Matt Redman, Abide With Me. And during ministry time, we're going to play it. And I want you to just, if, if you're not up getting ministry, I want you to be ministered to in your seats by listening to his, the words of this song. I believe the Lord wants to remove some hardness in our hearts this morning, and only he can soften us in that place to take some of that hardness away. We wonder why we can't receive, and it's because we've been thinking we have to do everything. But he really wants us to drink from him. I have one more word I want to say, and that is a question that the Lord spoke to me to this week, and he said, do you enjoy me? Do you enjoy me? And I realized that 
Sometimes I don't actually enjoy him. I start working for him. But in asking that question, he was saying, I want you to climb back into that place where you know my joy in you. I delight in you. I delight in you first and foremost because I made you and I know you. I know the real you. So climb in. Okay, so let's listen to the Holy Spirit and his word this morning. Just a little backdrop to John 15. These are the few hours before Jesus goes to the cross. And um, the disciples are, are needing some comfort because Jesus is telling them some pretty tough stuff. And he says to them, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. And you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me or remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You know, I, I've got this jade plant at home. And it's usually very luxuriant. And it looks, you know, it's just wonderful. It's full. And uh, lately I've been checking it out because all of a sudden... Um, there's parts of that plant that are withering. And then there's other plants that are growing really fast, but then they're falling over. And I'm looking at it going, wow, um, I'm going to have to deal with some of the roots. And, um, you know, the funny thing apart about that is that um, I've done this before and it works. I take it all out, I chop things down. I don't enjoy it, because I like this plant, and it's a bit of a risk to chop. And so I chop off all the bad stuff and put it to one side, but you know what happens? Um, I even have to chop some of that beautiful, luxuriant stuff, because I know where it's going. It's just going to grow spindly if I don't. But if I chop it, all of a sudden it begins to branch out. And what a picture of us. Because Jesus is promising the disciples, um, there's some parts of you that are going to wither. But, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut that part off. But guess what? you're all going to get chopped. You're all going to get pruned because that is how the health and the growth is coming. And so I looked up the word abide because if, if he is saying, and he says it so many times in this passage, abide in me or remain in me, I want to know exactly what is in his heart when he says that. Because I think I know, but I, I think I need to know even deeper. So I looked up abiding. I went to Google. 
I got a whole bunch of words. It means to dwell with, to live with, to stay with, to stand in, to remain, to continue long-term, to be fixed, perpetual, constant, unending, permanent, unchanging, enduring, steadfast, stable, accepting without objection. Abide means to agree with. Whoa, that hit the nail on the head, to agree with. Have you ever heard the term abide by the rules? Or that person's a law-abiding citizen? So there's a place of surrender, a place of agreement. And Jesus is calling us into this place where we are actually surrendering to him and agreeing with him. Doesn't that sound a lot like prayer? Because when I bring my prayer request to him, I'm not bringing him something new. I'm bringing him something that's on his heart. And he is looking for my agreement. And so when he says, I want you to abide with me, I want you to live with me, I want you to stay with me, I want you attached to me, his ache in his heart is that we would know him and that our strength would come from him so that our prayers will be answered, so that our relationship with him will bring us great joy. I can feel him on my throat, which means that he is wanting to talk. He is wanting you to hear him. See, God's love for us is unconditional. And sometimes we think that, that we can just, you know, do anything and he'll still love us. Well, I want you to look at this in a different light. Because sometimes we, we think, you know, how much can I get away with? But this unconditional love has a lot of conditions. So as we're reading, I want you to pick out um, the word if. Because God's love for us is unconditional, but you're going to see that receiving his love has some conditions. Positioning ourselves so that we can respond to him. If you remain in me and I in you, there's one. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I can do stuff apart from God. I, I can. I've got gifts. And I can, I can use those gifts. I can use my knowledge. I can use everything without including him, without him being a part of that. But I'll tell you something, and I've done this too many times in my life where I have run on my own gifts and ended up 
uh, in the next verse. If you don't remain in me, you'll be like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. There have been parts of, of my life that got tired and withered and very unsatisfying. You can look good for a long time. See, my plant has been withering for a long time and I didn't notice it. But it wasn't getting the nourishment from the roots. It wasn't attached to the right source. So if you remain in me, there's another one. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Well, how do you know that you're remaining in him? How do you know that? I, I find that when I have confidence that what he says is true, I'm remaining in him. But if I don't believe that what he says is true, I'm starting to step back in my faith. And so that's, a, that's the part where he wants me to stay in agreement with him. This is the part where we receive the nourishment or we don't. Right there. Believing his words without constantly challenging him. Let him show you his goodness. Because agreeing with is, how is that? Accepting without objection. Come Holy Spirit, show us what it is you want to do this morning. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Again, this is a place of prayer. This is a place of relationship. If you take the word prayer out of it and put relationship in there, it would, it would have a lot more uh, relatability to us. I think of prayer as my being with God and having conversation with him about everything. Didn't he say that that church would be or is the house of prayer? The church, I don't mean the building. You and I are the church. You and I are houses of prayer. You and I are places where um, he wants to live. He wants to dwell. We live with him right here. I'm a house of prayer, and wherever I go, I bring the house of prayer. And folks, we have to start thinking like this and living like this. In fact, it better be true, because we have prayer meetings on Wednesday night. And there is a remnant that comes to those meetings. So, I'm believing that you're out in your world releasing a house of, the house of prayer out there. Boy, oh boy. Because he really wants to invade all of our spheres of influence. He wants us 
to be including him and releasing him every place where your feet go, everything that you do, how you think. He is wanting uh, to live with you. And that means not just uh, between nine, or I mean after your work time or your school time. He wants to be absolutely there in you, responding to your, your requests, showing his goodness. And why Jesus says here, it's because it brings the Father glory. In other words, it brings us into understanding who the Father is and his heart towards us. He's full of compassion and tenderness and kindness, and he has the answers. I don't know of anything that makes me happier than when I'm talking to him and I've got a problem and he just gives me the solution. Whoa, just like that. Like, it's just so awesome. But if I wasn't talking with him, I, I wouldn't even be able to have access to that. I wouldn't even think about it. But if you're living and breathing in your relationship, you become very fruitful and the work of your hands is blessed because he is a problem solver. He loves that part of your relationship. He want, and Jesus says, um, this is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What's a disciple? a follower of Jesus, someone who actually embraces disciplines, embraces. That's what disciple means. You're embracing the way that God communicates and does things. You're, you're, you're saying, I trust you more than I trust myself. And I'll tell you, something wonderful happens when we climb into that place of trusting him and disciplining our emotions and our habits, um, we actually begin to bear fruit because we're feeding off of him and it's not my will but yours be done. And I can't make fruit pop out of me. A tree doesn't force fruit out of it. A, a, a healthy plant produces fruit. And if I'm living with Christ, you know what that fruit will be? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness. The very nature of Christ, like a beautiful, luxuriant plant, is released into every environment where you go. I want to be like that. Didn't Jesus say that they will know that you're Christians by the love that you have for one another? That they will know that you're, that you're a follower of Christ if you have his fruit pouring out of you? They will see the goodness of God in the way that you treat those around you? Jesus goes on in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Well, no greater love does the Father have than for Jesus. But we're included in that. Oh, my goodness. 
every single one of you, every single one of us, but also every single one of those people that are in your lives out there. He is passionate about them coming to know him. But Jesus says here, now remain in my love. I'm a safe place for you. But you need to make me Lord of your life so that you live under the canopy of that lordship, that protection. He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. There's another if. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. My mom used to say to me, if you love me, you will do what I tell you to do. Ooh, that still makes me feel bad. <laughs> if you love me, you will do what I tell you to do. Of course, I was a little bit rebellious. That's why it made me feel bad. Another way she would put it, if you do what I tell you, you will be demonstrating respect for me and yourself. And I believe that God is wanting us to hear this today, that if we are paying attention to his command, that not only are we strengthening our relationship with him, but we will be growing in maturity, growing in love. Because that is what respect is. We respect what, what God says, his commands, and we are the ones that are the beneficiaries of that, and then it results in fruit that lasts because then we love others with his love. Not just our own love, but with his love. Verse 11, he says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And when he said, do you enjoy me? I realized that this is at the crux of it. That I won't know true joy until I'm getting my strength from him, knowing his heart for others. I don't know of, of, a, of a greater joy than uh, knowing that I've brought God joy through my obedience. Verse 12, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. And you're my friends if you do what I command. In John 13, back um, an, an hour, I don't know how the time lapse, but it's only probably a couple of hours before that. Jesus was at the meal, the Passover, and he put a towel around himself and he went and knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet. And he said, I've, I've set this example for you. Greater love has no one than if they lay down their life for another. This is what he said to them in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must 
love one another. It's not an option. We're not going to enter into the kind of joy that he's talking about unless we really pay attention to this. You must love one another because it's by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Only you know how your life is, is developing in this area. I'm, I'm not shining a flashlight on anybody. The Word of God is searching us. The Spirit of God is searching us because we live in a very self-centered culture. And it just, it's so difficult to keep looking outward because we're taught you need to take care of your own business, which means that we live independently from one another. We, we, we're not as communal as we think we are. We, we really struggle with, with this. Um, we, have a, we have a gentleman that lives on top of us, and I've mentioned this before, but this man suffers from schizophrenia. And he will come out with some of the harshest words, and they just are projected over um, the whole street. And when I first heard this cursing and swearing, it made me mad. And, and I was like, can't somebody shut him up? And you know, at that point, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know where this was coming from. But I was making judgments left, right, and center. And the Lord got a hold of me. And he said, Elsie, you, I want you to love this man. Yeah, but he's dangerous. I don't want to go near him. But Elsie, I love him. In fact, I want you to go and talk to him. Oh my goodness. And I said, well, um, I'm not going to go knock on his door, that's for sure. And um, so, wouldn't you know it, a few days later, there he was walking beside me on the street. But by th this time, the Lord was working on my heart, and so I was open to talking, and, and so I called them by name, and I said, you know, um, my husband and I, live below you, and I, I know you're having a hard time because we can hear you loud and clear. Is there any way that we can help you? He was dumbfounded, and he just poured out his heart. And, you know, his, his brother had committed suicide and, and things like this, and he just, his whole world had gone wonky. And now when I see him, there's love in my heart for him. I didn't put it there. But I was open. I accepted without objection that that's what God's heart was for him. And I need to climb in there and love him somehow. And so now when I hear him go off the rails, what do I do? Lord, please intervene. Send ministering angels there's something that we can do, help us to know what it is. But Lord, come. 
and diffuse this. And I can intercede. And this is, this is the place of influence. And sometimes we get in harm's way, but other times we sit with Christ in heavenly places far above principalities and powers, and he's wanting us to use that authority that we have because we're grafted into him, because we are drinking from him. We know his heart. We know his mind. We have authority, and he wants us to operate in his strength and not ours, and that's the place of intimacy with him, drinking in his thoughts for those around us, caring, allowing ourselves to care about the people around us. Yes, it's inconvenient. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to cost us because Jesus showed us it's costly to release his love. What verse are we on? 15. Jesus goes on to say, I no, longer call, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made, made known to you. He, the disciples are, are discomforted at this point because he's told them that he's leaving them. And... And he's saying, now you're part of the family business. And I'm disclosing these things to you because you are going to be me wherever you go. And he backs that up by, by saying, don't be afraid. Um, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. You see, the disciples, when Jesus called them, they chose to follow him. They, they dropped everything and followed him. And so I'm sure they were looking at him going, what, you're leaving? We gave up everything to follow you. And he's saying, wait a minute. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last what is this fruit that lasts? He says, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. You know, in my Bible, it stops right there. But when Holy Spirit's talking, he didn't stop there. He goes right into the next part that says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. How many have gone to see Unplanned, the movie on abortion? Please, 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 please pull out all the stops and get there. We have one week. And we've got to pack out the cinemas. We went the other night and it was like not packed out. Lots of them are packed out, but this is downtown Toronto or wherever we, we go. We need to come together and make a voice. I believe God's watching us. He's not watching the world. And, you know, it's, it can be intimidating. I understand that there were people with placards and, 
and objecting that were planted outside of the, the theaters, maybe not here um, in some of the theaters, but across Canada, uh, there is objection. But the spirit that we carry is impactful. And we see the people carrying those placards and the ones watching, those are the ones he's called us to love, not gnash our teeth at or think that they're, they're our enemy. No. If the world hates you, keep in mind, it's not the people, it's the spirit of the age. It's the spirit behind that. And we have to keep a clear mind. And if anybody can have a clear mind, it's us because we're attached to the vine. And we're drinking in his love for them. And we can come with a different spirit. And we can make a difference. But all of us, the love that we have for one another and the love that's released from us, that is a change agent, believe me. We ought to apply ourselves. And, and I challenge you, get to the theater. Call the theaters. Ask for the movie to come. It's a very powerful testimony. It's a very powerful testimony. A value of precious lives. And it's a true story, and, it, and they kept it true. Praise God. There's so much prayer that's gone into this. Let's be a part of this and change the, the laws in this country. Anybody can have abortion for any reason up to delivery date. It's, and we've had this, we had no law, no coverage for years and years and years. And if we want God's blessing on this land, then we have to stand in a place and ask forgiveness for the bloodshed that has come through neglect. And we cry out, Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on us. Because if we're abiding in him, we'll know his heart. And he will move us into position to influence the culture that we are in. He told us, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. In the past, when I was in the world I had friends, I, I loved them, but my life was going downhill because the choices I was making wasn't feeding my spirit, and I got to the place where I was really in a lot of pain, and my friends saw me in pain, and I gave my life to Christ. I rededicated my life to Christ. I went running back, I told my friends, I belong to Jesus, this, and I, I can feel him healing me and setting me free. And you know what they said? Yuck. I can't believe it. You of all people. I lost every single one of those friends. And, and yet I, I was not being obnoxious. I thought they'd be happy because I'd come to life. I was, I was healing but I, the Lord said, you shouldn't be surprised because that's what I brought you out of. Now, I will send you back, but I'm going to send you back with my love. You don't have to win their approval, but you need to release who I am wherever you go because, you see, light pierces the darkness. They were under conviction because I existed 
in their presence. Light reveals something that isn't right in their lives, and it's uncomfortable. And so don't be surprised if you walk into your workplace and people are uncomfortable. You don't need to be obnoxious. Please, we are peculiar, but he told us you are a peculiar people. Even God thinks we are. But don't, that peculiarity is what's going to make you stand out and it's going to be the love factor that changes your culture. And we got to get bold about it. And we got to be in your face sometimes, don't we, Georgia? Sometimes we just have to say, are you a follower of Jesus? And if you're not, why not? Boy, are you missing out. Come on. Come on. The best part of life is waiting for you. Jesus says, you don't belong to the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant's not greater than his master, and they'll persecute me. Or if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. Believe me, I don't go looking for persecution. They will treat you like this because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. I remember that feeling of looking at my friends going, I wish you knew. I wish you knew him. And that drives me forward, folks. I want people to know him. Not in a, just a religious way. I want people to know his affection. I want them to, to walk right into a love cloud and be completely held by him. Jesus goes on in verse 26. When the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. You've been with me, folks. You know me. And so you must testify. It's not an option. Let the fruit of the Spirit come out of every part of your life. And don't shy away from pruning and cleansing. Stay in his word. What is our application today? Stay with him. Don't let the accuser put a wedge in there and say, well, you've got to be good. You've got to be good enough if you're going to approach God. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. I've never been good enough. Jesus is my righteousness. That's what qualifies me to be attached to the vine, and I'm jumping on that vine, and I'm hugging it, and I'm holding on to it. If, if we could start Matt, Red's, Matt Redman's song, Abide With Me. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. I want you to see yourself hanging on to him, him hanging on to you. That's remaining in him and him remaining in you. Hold on to his words. Savor his words.